Dr. Paul Leslie Hour, helping people tell their stories. And now, your host, Paul Leslie. Hey, it's me. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Paul Leslie Hour. Just remember that the show is made possible through listeners and viewers like you. Just go to thepaulleslie.com and click on Support the Show. Thank you to all of you who have contributed. Now let's get into the interview. Hey, it's me. Hey, it's David Frizzell. How you doing, buddy? I'm good. How are you, sir? <laughs> Not too bad. Not too bad. <laughs> <laughs> and you are in the volunteer state, right? I am definitely here. I can't seem to get out. It took me forever to get here. Now it took me forever to get out, I guess. (laughs) Oh, my God. Well, thank you so much for calling. I really appreciate it. Thank you for doing this. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But it's good talking to you anyway, so good deal. Well, shall we we dive right in? I think so, yeah. Just ask your questions. (laughs) Absolutely. When you're ready. Well, the man that you hear, David Frizzell, is a great voice in American music, an authentic country singer. We're celebrating 40 years since the release of his award-winning song, You're the Reason God Made Oklahoma, which is a CMT top duet, top 10 of all time. David Frizzell is also going to be featured in an upcoming documentary that's about his brother, the late Lefty Frizzell, which we're looking forward to. He also has released one of CMT's top 40 drinking songs of all time. I'm going to hire a wino to decorate our house. It's a great (laughs) pleasure to welcome one of the greats in traditional music, a singer, a songwriter, David Frizzell. It's a great honor. Well, thank you, buddy. Absolutely. It's nice to be with with you today. And, and boy, we got some answers for those all those uh, questions you probably have. So, <laughs> so uh, there's a lot of things going on right now. So, so we're pretty excited about it. If this pandemic ever really kind of goes away, it'd be even nicer, obviously. But at the same time, we're still doing a few things that we, we think is important. So, so we're carrying on. Well, what's been going on today? Let's start with the present. Well, I tell you what, we are wrapped up in trying to get this documentary together on Big Brother Left. Yeah, I've been trying to put this together, it seems like, for a very, very long time. And uh, I remember coming to Nashville. I remember coming to Nashville in 1981 with the song, You're the Reason God Made Oklahoma. I had that tucked under my arm, and I crossed over into the Welcome to Nashville sign when the, on the same day that the song went number one. Around the around the, uh, the country, on, on Billboard magazine. So uh, I got to town at the right time, and when I got into town, I realized. I, first thing I realized, you probably won't even believe it, but first thing I realized is that my brother Lefty. When I got into to Nashville, I realized that my brother Lefty was not in the Hall of Fame. So I was I was absolutely, you know, tell you the truth, I was just a little bit upset. And so I started asking questions of everybody. And one thing about when you come into town with a number one record, people will actually answer you or talk to you <laughs> or open the door for you or let you in. You know what I mean? <laughs> so the timing was right for me. And it took us, uh, it took, uh, Lefty was finally put in the Hall of Fame in 1982. So it took a little while to put it, get, to get it all going. But uh, Lefty is in the Country Music Hall of Fame in 1982, so we're pretty happy about that. 
So tell us a little more about this documentary. I can hardly wait. When I first heard about it, I thought, okay, <laughs> I'm all in. <laughs> well, I tell you what, there, 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 there was two things that, that was on my mind when I first thought of trying to put these things together. And, and that was to make sure that the Frizzell family was all up for everything. And they certainly are. And that have been for a long time and, and are with me, behind me 100% on all this stuff. And it took me a while to actually find uh, the right people to kind of help with it. Because, you know, everything, everything you can think of is, has got money attached to it, right? I mean, it, it take, costs money to do anything. So you got to have the right amount of money. you got to have the right people that know how to make the thing happen. And it took a little while. But we finally found a fellow out of Hollywood, California, or L.A. area. His name is M. Douglas Silverstein, and what he does is exactly what we're doing, and that is making documentaries, putting those things together, and then eventually we're hoping to go into a major motion picture on the life of my big brother Lefty. So those are the things we're working out this uh, right at this particular minute. We just finished uh, a whole bunch of interviews and stuff in Texas, and uh, and then we came back out to, to Nashville. And got people like Bill Anderson, Jeannie Seeley, and Jamie Jameson, all those kind of different people telling, talking about who Lefty was to them. And, uh, and it's just an amazing thing to put this, uh, this kind of thing together. So I'm really excited. We're about halfway. We're about, I don't, I can't say halfway. I'm not exactly sure where we are in it right at this minute, but we're doing, uh, the, we're, we're doing the interviews and, and getting all the things together. I'm putting, the, I've got a scrapbook that was, uh, that was given to me, uh, by my, by my aunt and uncle and that they lived in Kermit, Texas and they started, uh, they started a, a scrapbook on Lefty in 1950 with his first number one record. If you got, when I got the time, I have got that scrapbook. And I'm going through it. We're taking out the things that is pertinent to this documentary. So we're we're into it all, buddy, and we're excited about it. All right. Well, as I mentioned at the beginning, you are quite prolific. You've made a good number of recordings and continue to perform in front of the people. What has always been the purpose of the art you create? Well, you know what? I got started myself personally. My brother Lefty uh, was the number one project going on, him and Hank Williams, back in 1950. And in 1951, Lefty and Hank Williams had seven of the top ten Billboard charted records at the same time. I mean, at the same time. Lefty had the number one song, the number two song, the number six song, and the number eight song. And I'm not exactly sure where Hank Williams or he covered most of the rest of them. <laughs> but they had these at the same time. I mean, like on the same day, and uh, which is a, a feat that nobody's ever done in this in this business, I don't believe. But anyway, so being the brother of of the of Lefty, I got involved at a very early age. I remember at nine years old, I was in Kermit, Texas with my uncle, and he was taking me to the radio station. So I was actually singing on the radio. When I was nine years old, sounded like a little girl singing. <laughs> if you got the mind, I got the time in 1950. <laughs> anyway, so I've, I've always had, I've always wanted to do one thing, and that was to write songs, sing songs, perform songs, and I've been doing that ever since. 
What was life like growing up around the house? Wow, I tell you what, you know, there there ended up being nine. My mother eventually had nine kids and Lefty being the oldest and me being next to the youngest. And uh, so it was, there was a lot of music in our house all the time. My mother could chord piano and play piano a little bit. And, uh, and she had the greatest voice. My mom had the greatest voice. I remember putting a book together. I think it came out in 19, in, in 2011, I believe it came out. And it's, it's about, it's uh, the life of Brother Lefty. And I wrote the book from the time Lefty was born until he left us in 1975. And at the beginning of that book, I had recorded a song that me and my mother had went to the studio in, in, uh, out of Bakersfield, California and recorded. And I put that, me and her singing, in the front of that book. So anybody that actually wants to hear it, if you've got the book at all, or even the, the audio version of the book, you can hear Mama singing. She was just amazing. But then I had to, there was a lot of music, and Lefty would come by once in a while when he's on tour and stuff, and, and then bring that music right on back into the house again. And But uh, but my brother, so it was Lefty was the oldest. The next, the, the next the, a boy... There was three boys, three girls, and then two boys. Let's see whether if I get that right. I see there was actually five boys and three girls. So uh, that's kind of how it was. And then there was another boy born uh, between me and the, the youngest brother, who uh, who actually uh, lived only three days. But uh, he was still count- he still counted, and he- so there's nine of us kids born to to Mama for sale. And there was a lot of music going on. Not everybody took it over as a, as a thing to do for the rest of their lives. But uh, myself, a lefty, myself, and a brother named, named Billy Frizzell, who was next in line to Lefty. And uh, and he worked with Lefty a lot back in those days, playing guitar, singing, and all that stuff on the shows. And then I finally came along in about 1954, and I started working with Lefty a little bit. I was just 13, 14 years old. He stopped by and picked me up after school, or he stopped by to at the at the vacation school vacations and uh, take me on tour with it but when i was 16 i actually quit school and came and worked started working with him and i worked with him for the next four years to 1950 and then i went in the service and then after i got out i actually worked with him a little bit again when i got out in 64 but i was playing music all that time even in the air force that i was in there for four years i played music all the time i was in there too they allowed me to play music any and everywhere I wanted to. It was really, really a good time in my life. But in 1964, I got out, and I actually went to work with the great Buck Owens for a little while, and then uh, keeping in touch with Brother Lefty, I'd come back and work with him some. But uh, Lefty was the was the, the leader of the team, in other words, leader of the troop, and uh, and we tried to follow him. And, and all that time I was with him, I learned. He, taught, he gave me the, the, the chance to learn the music, play the music, and I, I took full advantage of it. So, David, who taught you the most about singing? Well, actually, there was uh, quite a few, actually, that was involved. But first and first and foremost, it was Lefty. Lefty was my big brother, and, uh, boy, he taught me how to slur those those words and that melody, slur them around. And, but it wasn't only Lefty. It was uh, my good friend Merle Haggard, 
was an amazing uh, had an amazing effect on me. It was really good. We were really good friends for a very long time. But I also listened to uh, other people as well. Johnny Cash was my hero. Johnny Cash was one of my absolute heroes, along with Merle and Brother Lefty. But I also had a chance to listen to another fellow called Mr. Ray Charles. Remember Ray Charles? And uh, I learned a lot from listening to Ray Charles. The way he would, the way he would slur was a whole lot different the way Lefty did, but boy, was still effective, very effective. He'd get more emotion out of a out of a grunt than most people got out of the whole song. <laughs> he was an amazing influence on me. I loved Ray Charles, the way, the way he could sing, the way he could just do it all. But my, my major influences was Brother Lefty, Merle Haggard, and also there was some one, another one. Marty Robbins was another one, a friend of mine. I actually became a friend. I toured with him a lot. After after me and, me and Shirley West had had this had our songs and we had five albums we had all this and that, but I actually toured with Marty quite a bit during those times and and we became good friends and everything. But I learned a lot from from him. Also, not only did I learned the way he sang and all that greatness, but the way he would he had he had a, a gift that he uh, brought to the stage with him uh, when he was entertaining people. The way he treated the people, the way he uh, entertained them, was he was a gifted, very gifted man. How would you describe Lefty Frizzell? Wow. Well, there again, I mentioned the word gift. Hmm. He had he had all of the gifts. When he walked on the stage, from the time he walked on there to the time he walked off, he, it was a, uh, it was an amazing thing to to be involved with that to see that especially was a, for a kid uh, growing up working with him for me to stand behind him play guitar or sing a little harmonies with him or maybe even play harmonica with him a little bit it was a great honor for me to do that and he gave me the chance to to learn how to operate how to deal by, with myself in the business he taught me all that gave me the chance to learn I remember. In those days, in those days, like 55, 56, 57, 50, in those days, we would work maybe like a, maybe like a, a Thursday, Friday, maybe Saturday, someplace, but almost every Sunday during the, during the touring season, during the touring season, there was almost always on a Sunday, there'd be a package show someplace. And Lefty was invi- invited to be in there, all of them, because he was one of the big names. And he he made sure that I could be there and I'd open the show for him. And I'd do two or three songs and I'd bring him up. But he gave me the opportunity to work and sing and be around people like Johnny Cash. That's where I met Johnny when I was 16, working all those package shows. But I not only get a chance to work with him, talk with him, laugh with him, carry on with him, but I also got a chance to watch how they operated on the stage. I got I never missed a performance of Johnny Cash or Johnny Horton. I remember if you remember the name Johnny Horton. Oh yeah. Carl Smith, all those people all those people were part of uh was a part of the, these package shows. And I got a chance to watch every one of them do what they do on the stage. And then I also got a chance to laugh and talk with them backstage and, and maybe run across the country with them when we were trying to get to some of those shows. But it just taught me everything. I remember one time my brother Lefty, we would finally got back off a tour and we was was at his home in out of uh, San Fernando Valley in California. And I about ten o'clock one morning I was sitting in the den, I was playing guitar and I was just trying to I just playing guitar a little bit, humming a melody, just maybe trying to get an idea in my head. He came by he got up and he came by 
and he stopped on the way to the kitchen and he stopped and I was sitting there and he stood there for a minute until I realized he was there. And I looked up at him and he said, he said, David, he said, you're doing the right thing, buddy. He said, I just want to tell you, you know, when we're out there on the road, you get a chance to work with all those people. He said, man, you see, you're doing the right thing. He said, learn everything you can from all of those great people out there. Learn everything you can. But he said, at the end of the day, David, we don't need another Johnny Cash. We we don't need another me, he said. As a matter of fact, he said, I'm having trouble with him anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and, then said, and then he said, just remember that at the end of the day, we don't need another one of them. We need a David Frizzell. And all of this that you're learning out there, he said, come out of there. You, we've got to get a David out of all of that. So then he went on into the kitchen. About 15 minutes later, he came back out. And I'm still playing. And he stopped again and he, and he looked down at me and he looked, and I looked up at him and he says, and we don't need another Bob Dylan either. And he walked in any other room. <laughs> <laughs> but I've always thought about that. I always remembered that there, somehow or another, I need to take all of that and make a David Frizzell out of it. And, uh, and I did exactly that. When I got a chance to record for Columbia Records in, uh, 1959, 1960. I try to put a David Frizzell forward, and I've been doing that ever since. Have you always written songs? I have always tried to. <laughs> <laughs> I've always been in the, I've always, I'm always trying to come up with a, a hook line or uh, a new melody line or, or something. And uh, I've been real, been fortunate enough to do, well, actually quite, quite a few in a way, and there was a song that, that I had an idea for. Well, I was doing a, an album. I wanted to do a special project, and we and it, it came out to do a Frizzell and Friends album. And my wife, uh, Joanne, she said, well, she said, I said, well, I said, I want to do where I, and I call a bunch of my friends where I'll get together, and we do songs. She says, well, what if you don't have any friends? And I said, well, <laughs> I better go out, I better go out and make them. So I started calling all my friends. I called Merle Haggard, and I called Jimmy Fortune, and I called, on that particular show we did, that album we did, it's called This Is Our Time. It's called This Is Our Time. And, uh, and we did a television show, we did an album, and I, and I had 13, 14, 15 different artists on that project. And, uh, the great Merle Haggard was, was a part of it. Bless his heart, what an amazing man. But we put this project together. And when I was putting this project together, I realized that I needed a, a theme song for the whole thing. So I started writing this, I, I started writing the, this idea. It's called, this is our, that was our time. Now this is our time to talk about it. That, that was our time to sing all of our songs. Now this is our time to talk about it. And so I wrote the song that, and the song was actually voted the, the best. Now actually this whole project was voted the best compilation album of that particular year. And, uh, the song, uh, was number one. The song, this is our time was number one in Europe for about six months straight. So it was a big deal for me. And, uh, and I have absolutely, have, that was one of my songs. So I, I keep writing. Matter of fact, there was about 10 of my songs on that project, 10 or 11 of my songs on that project. I started uh, sending different things like the Merle Haggard. I sent him uh, songs and, and see what he wanted to record. T, T. Graham Brown was a part of it. And just Jeannie Seeley, Helen Cornelius, Crystal Gale, just all kinds of different people was involved with it. So that was a great project for me. And it's called This is uh, Frizzell and Friends. This is our time. 
And uh, so I keep doing those kind of things. I haven't done one in a while as far as that's concerned. But I did three television projects to go with them all, and uh, each one of those was our specials. And and uh, so I, and I, I wrote a lot of those songs, and especially I would write the theme songs for each one of them. So, I don't know, it was just something I always wanted to do and always did, and it was just something I did. So uh, now we're just, I'm really head over heels involved with this documentary at this time. So it's really taking up most of my time. We're getting ready to, actually, this this uh, this pandemic has kind of stopped us from getting out doing our shows. Actually, the first time in the world anything's ever taken my music away from me. I can't believe it. Hmm. This, this pandemic has kept us from going out doing concerts around the country, drawing people you know, into a, into an event center or something. But I'm getting ready to go out and do one this coming weekend out in Texas. So I'm getting ready to go uh, start those things again. I hope we can continue to do it. Absolutely. And for everyone, if they want to stay in touch in terms of finding out about the shows, go to davidfrizzell.com. And also I want to encourage everybody, go on facebook.com slash Music. In fact, Today he posted most of all a song that he wrote and recorded, which I enjoyed. Actually, I wrote that for my wife Joanne. She has she she's another gifted person. I uh, I guess I run around with a lot of different people, uh, gifted people, but and that's true. But uh, she is one of the, she's one of the people that's got a tremendous gifts about her life and the way she thinks and what she does. And uh, sometimes I'll, I'll end up writing a song about it. She's an amazing lady. We've been married. Actually, we got our anniversary coming up. Uh, it'll be 31 years on the 17th. All right. Congratulations. 31 years. 31. Can you imagine that? 31 <laughs> years. And then also we got the 40th anniversary of You're the Reason God Made Oklahoma. And next year, August the 11th, next year, the uh, Going to Hire Wino will be 40 years old. So we got a lot of celebrating to do, pal. That's right. <laughs> and so that Joanne is the the lovely lady in that picture. Yep, she certainly is, and boy, she is really something. And like I say, we've been married thirty one years. We've been all over the world together, and uh, she just keeps making it okay and right to do it. So uh, we're going to continue to do it as long as this pandemic will allow us to get out and get in our travel bus, our tour bus, and head off to Texas or wherever it may be. Uh, that's what we're going to be doing. As you've been mentioning, next year, the the anniversary another of another one of your great songs. I'm hoping you can tell us, because you've recorded some great, great material through the years by some different songwriters. Who do you think yeah. the best songwriters are? Oh, God, there's some great songwriters. Boy, a couple of my favorites. There's a fellow named Dennis Knudsen. I actually introduced him to the Buck Owens people way back, and he came out and started writing for Buck Owens, the Blue Book uh, Publishing Company. And uh, he's passed on now, bless his heart. He's one of the greatest. He's one of the guys that I thought could come up with a, a hook line quicker than anybody else I've ever seen. <laughs> but a great songwriter. Those melodies are just unbelievable. I recorded quite a few of his songs. But uh, also uh, Dwayne Blackwell was one of my favorite songwriters that I've ever personally met. But he also wrote uh, Gonna Hire Wino. He wrote that song. And Friends in Low Places, the Garth Books did, and all that kind of great songwriter and a great human being to go along with. There again, another gifted person. Very, very extremely gifted person. But he actually wrote the You're the Reason uh, uh, Gonna Hire Wino. 
I, he he had actually made a, a master of it. He was, I think he was trying to get him a record deal or something, but I heard his master on it and uh, he sent it to Snuff Garrett, who was my producer during those days. And uh, the song was sent to me out on the road and I got it. When I heard that song, I knew it was a hit. And the way he sang it was just, this absolutely perfect. And so when I went to record the song in the studio out in California, I actually did it a lot, really, kind of similar to what he was doing. But Snuff Garrett and Steve Dorr, those people working with me in those days, more gifted people, as I, as I've been saying here all day. But they were just are and, uh, Snuff Garrett, one of, the, one of the great people I've met in my lifetime. He was actually doing soundtracks for Clint Eastwood and Burt Reynolds movies in those days and was able to get you're the reason God made Oklahoma into a movie of Clint Eastwood called Any Which Way You Can. He got it in there, and Clint Eastwood liked the song so much, he became partners uh, with Snuff, became partners with him on a record deal, and uh, and me and Shelley West was involved with it. And we got our first number one record, and actually there was four hit songs on that one album. But the biggie, the biggie biggie in those days was uh, You're the Reason God Made Oklahoma. And it is 40 years later, Today is it's a huge record. <laughs> well, I'm really glad that you mentioned Dwayne Blackwell, who he passed away not long ago. What was the man himself, this, this Hall of Fame songwriter who wrote that song, and as you said, so many other greats, what was Dwayne like? Wow, he was an amazing man. Every time I would see him, he'd come and, and grab me, pick me up, and, and carry me whatever, carry me around. Whatever place we might happen, it might be a restaurant, might be a, a gathering of some kind. But he was a, a happy person, a, a really great guy to be around. Great personality. I remember what some of the life things he he did uh, that I was that I was around. He, uh, he he called me up one time. He says, "You know what? I'm gonna start writing screenplays." He said, "Writing country songs is just writing songs is just too easy for me." He said, <laughs> <laughs> but he was, but then he started writing screenplays. I don't know if he ever got one of those going or not. But uh, he he was very capable of doing just about anything he ever wanted to do. But there was a there was an amazing person walking around the the earth during those days. But uh, I'm sure now he's writing songs up in heaven. So, but he's an amazing man, absolutely amazing. Well, one of Dwayne Blackwell's co-writers. This is maybe a little bit more of an obscure song, but I'm hoping you can maybe tell us about, if you remember recording the song Lefty with Merle Haggard, oh. written by Larry Bastian. Oh, yeah. You know that one? Larry Bastian, yeah. I remember the song, and I remember I remember bringing Merle Haggard into the studio, and uh, I asked him to bring his guitar with him. And Now, actually, we were in California. And then Hollywood there, and we was at a studio there. Actually, the studio that we were at was owned by Tom Jones, the uh, pop singer. And we was in there recording, me and Shelly. And uh, I looked outside, and Merle Haggard's bus was parked right outside. <laughs> so I went out and got Merle and brought him in. And uh, he brought his guitar in and played only a couple of songs with us. And, and then I had that song uh, about Lefty. And Larry Bastian. Uh, Larry Bastian actually lived in a Porterville, California. And uh, and I was living right there too. I was, I was living no, he was living in that area someplace. And uh but he was right started writing songs with uh with a lot of different people. But when I met him, he was just getting started writing 
And it was one and some great songs that he had. One of the great guys, too. I haven't seen him in many, many years, but uh, he was a, a very gifted songwriter. It's a great line. A little bit of lefty left in me. <laughs> I like that. A little bit of lefty left in me. <laughs> so Merle got his his part of it. He just sang the fool out of it, as you can imagine. And we just had a great time uh, together. Every every moment I spent with Merle Haggard was an absolute amazing time. Just just to be anywhere with him, doing anything with him, was a, was an absolute treat. He's an amazing man, and I knew him for a lot of years. I met him the first time in 19. When I first met him, I was in the Air Force, and I was stationed up out of out of Tacoma, Washington, McCord Air Force Base, where I was at. And I went downtown. I went downtown. I, I was sent up there, and I went up there to start my service. And I went downtown to on Broadway Street, whatever the name of the street was, where all the nightclubs were and all the bars and stuff. I went down there, and uh, and I walked into this bar, and there, it was a long, there's a long building. It was there, not very wide, but it was real long. And there was a band getting ready to play in the back, and I walked back there, and I started walking back there. And on my way up there, I got up there close, and I got close enough to where this guy looked at me, and he said, "You're a Frizzell, aren't you?" And I said, yeah, I'm David. He said, well, my name's Merle Haggard. <laughs> and he was playing bass that day <laughs> for the band or that night. So that's when I first met Merle. But uh, we ended up being friends for the rest of, rest of uh, the time. <laughs> but he's an incredible, incredible man. Well, as you said, you did this duet with Merle Haggard. We were talking, you, you've done the duet with Shelley West. You've sang with some really great singers what duet oh, have you done that really thrilled you? Gosh, there were so many of them. There's just so many great songs that we ended up doing together. And I ended up singing with a lot of On that, this is our time. I sing a duet with every one of those people on that TV show and on that album. I sing with T. Graham Brown, Merle Haggard, him, and I sing, you got, I got time. Uh, just an amazing amount of people that I've been able to sing with in my, in my career. And I'm not, by any means, getting ready to stop it now. So uh, actually, we're getting ready to do this. We're doing this this uh, this documentary on Big Brother Lefty, and I'm really wanting this thing to work. I'm, that's one of my big things that I want to work. And then I'm hoping to be able to make a full length motion picture on the li- his the Lefty Frizzell life that he led led is what movies are made of, made for and up. He's got a great life, and I I hope to be able to be the one helping to tell it on in the movie. But I sure appreciate your time. So uh, My pleasure. I appreciate you having me on, buddy, and I appreciate your time, pal. Hey, thanks so much. Until next time, and I really appreciate this interview. Hey, mate, it's my pleasure, pal. And thank you for everything you do, and keep that music going out there. Well, we all appreciate that. So take care, and thanks for having me on. All right, sir. Until next time. God bless. Goodbye.